So yeah, what's a waste of time? What is a waste of time? Um, it's like so. Well, let me let me back up a little bit, and just as far as like what brought me to thinking that this would be an interesting thing to talk about, because um, I don't know. Like uh, you think about. I don't know what exactly what uh, yours guys' lifestyle has been like lately, but personally, I've been working at home at a desk in my living room and not going anywhere, being like, uh, we've been pretty strict quarantine-wise. Like, we don't, you know, we don't even walk into grocery stores anymore, um, or we haven't been walking into grocery stores. We've been doing, like, pickup and stuff and, like, So I've been spending a lot of my time just in my house, which, you know, uh, lends to certain things. I've been playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons and doing things with that. And I've been playing more video games. And so there's like this sort of visceral reaction from like our generation, I think, or at least from the generation above us of like thinking that those sorts of things are a waste. Right. And I don't know. So that's been rattling around in my brain. Like what? what's productivity what's a waste of time like what's a good way to spend your time when you're not working you know like how much of all of this is just uh baked into the whole idea of like you know you the your entire self-worth is completely based on like how much money you can make for a company that's uh you know benevolent and like willing to employ you and like let you get by in life you know so i've been thinking a lot about that and uh you know how how time for you know uh relationships you know uh, you know with significant others or with friends and family or um uh factor into that as well and um creativity and th- those sorts of things so um yeah, no, I think yeah. that I think that like how we define our experience is is really is it's really difficult to sort of manage on a day to day cuz like you you have working and you have not working and like that dichotomy <clears throat> is hard it's hard to get away from i think and it's interesting because for me the what's a waste of time dichotomy has in some ways very little to do with working not working like if i'm doing something that's like work related but is either something can be feel like a waste of time to me even if it's work related mm-hmm. uh yeah whereas busy work, things right? like your job yeah, but, could feel like a waste of time because whatever that's what the expectations are of you right or right. like if if i think I, that something isn't like if there's a ultimate end goal and the thing that I'm doing is suggested to me by somebody else or something I'm told I have to do, but I don't think it's a good idea. It feels like a waste of time to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't, 
I mean, that that certainly actually just opened my mind to another line of possibilities, which, um, you know, I, I was focusing more on the personal time side of things, less than like during the workday. But I've certainly had plenty of jobs where it's not really the case with this one because my I, I'm very self-directed uh, in this job. So I kind of like am expected to just do what I think is the best use of my time always. And no one really checks up on me or directs me to like, do specific things unless there's like you know there's a specific need for something you know which is not usually the case usually it's just you know do the best you can to spend your time in the best way possible so I don't, I don't have that so much anymore i have had jobs in the past where the expectation is to like whatever like create a report on a weekly basis on like stuff that seems irrelevant to me um that feels like a waste of time but yeah, I haven't done a ton of thinking uh, about, you know, specifically waste of time within the workplace either. I think I think my take generally, and then I'll let Joe talk because I feel like I kind of have interrupted a couple times yeah. now. But I think it time like what is the flip side of the question is sort of what is productively using time? And I think so many things can go into that. Like if it's working towards a problem I want to solve, or if it's building a skill, or if it's something that I enjoy, or if it's something that is good for my body. Um, all can make something in some sort of way productive. Um, and even like watching an episode of of tv that i enjoy or multiple episodes can feel like it's like introducing media and stories which are important and valuable and enjoyable um but when i'm watching like an entire season in a day then all of a sudden i think i'm not getting much more out of that than i would have gotten out of an episode or two like mm-hmm. i'm sp- in- there's diminishing returns on that value as you sort of do something in an obsessive way, I think. And that can generate sort of a wasting of time. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, but, like, I I think part of the struggle with, with this question comes from the sort of definition of things you like enjoy and how that butts up against like your other responsibilities. Is that right? Yeah. I mean the, is it, you know, if you've got, um, well, well, okay. Currently I've got a giant hole in my ceiling in, in my kitchen. I spent time this week, uh, cutting giant patches out of my ceiling so I can install a range vent, a range hood over my stove. Right. So, um, I've got plans to have like, you know, my father's going to come over and help me with the final install. Cause this thing like weighs 80 pounds. You need two people to hold it up to actually mount it and like all that shit. Right. Um, well it, when I have free time this week, is it a waste of time to do anything other than further that current goal because of the agency or the urgency that's put on it because there's a goddamn hole in my ceiling 
and like there's one day that's scheduled that I need to do this. Like, what day are you thinking? By the way, uh, Saturday, Saturday morning. Um, so like technically, this podcast could be considered a waste of time right now because of the urgency that's associated with that. I could be, you know, um, there were a couple nights this week that I worked until nine or ten o'clock on it, like on like certain like you know spent a few hours. It's also like, it kind of is time consuming because, uh, because it's drywall and cutting shit and sawdust and all that. I need to like reorganize the kitchen and cover stuff with drapes and like all that. So like setup and cleanup takes a long time. Um, but yeah, I've spent like multiple hours Monday and, um, last night and after work today, um, working on that, you know? So is anything that like, if there's if there's a better, so is the, so sorry, the, uh, I'm going to get to my point here. Um, is the, is there a definition of a waste of time that is there? If there's a better use of your time, given the, whatever circumstances and you're not doing that, then whatever you're doing is a waste. I mean, I, no, cause I feel like it, like just because it's in the wrong order doesn't mean the effort isn't useful in a part of your life agreed it's like miss it's time management is sort of i feel like waste i agree i think waste sort of suggests that it's time that wasn't useful towards any goal and also it sounds like you've done enough work in the immediate in like the recent past i think it's okay yeah, yeah okay. no, like I'm not seeking like uh, like approval on this. I'm just trying to tease apart some more angles to this idea of like, you know, um, yeah, just to have like to to more uh, lay out a baseline for I mean that for my benefit and yours to and uh, how we think about these things, right? Yeah, like, like that's a little bit of like an extreme example. Obviously, talking to you guys is not a waste of time. We're oh. recording. We're moving uh, towards a about- different goal. I don't well, know about that. Eh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Um but like um I don't know. Like is it uh there's also the the aspect of it that I think one can get caught up in is that the um anything that's not working toward a perceived important goal is a waste of time, right? Like um there's we all have tons of overarching goals in our lives i'm sure you know um you want to be uh you know well informed right you want to be um keeping up with the news and current events so you get i don't know i don't know if i like i don't know if i want to be as much as i just feel sucked in yeah yeah i mean that that's uh that's a, a whole other thing for sure. Um, I do feel like it's kind of a valuable concept in that it, it helps us remember, I think to maybe in, in the best version of it, at least helps us remember to sort of savor the moments. Um, like, you know, good like time does run out and it's worth savoring the like healthy experience healthy happy experience is something worth savoring and building 
Well, and, they did just, uh, uh, there was a research firm I, or university or something, I believe in Japan, that has identified a gene that seems to have some association with um, the aging process in mice. Um, and they have successfully, I think, activated the gene in order to um, slow or reverse some aging processes in a population of mice. So, so it might not run out. But yeah. right now, <laughs> in a, so far, one of the unifying elements of what life is is that the thing can die. I think maybe yeah. that's not a real yeah. thing, but that no, I mean, that's that's like the 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 core concept in the Lord of the Rings. Have you ever have you ever like read those books? I have, but as yeah. a as a child, we read them around like the, the dinner well, not table. The core so concept, I, I guess, but like the whole, it's called like the gift of uh, the gift of humanity. That's what they call, um, uh, you know, not being immortal. Mortality right. is what is considered a gift in that universe because that's why you know mankind is so innovative and forward thinking, and you know they have to consider a lot more things than you know other. Uh, you know, long-lived or immortal um, species or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it It definitely adds uh, urgency. And I mean, I think if you look at a long enough time frame, you know, even if you're, uh, you know, immortal from aging, like if we reverse the aging process, uh, you know, the planet will gonna, explode. Yeah, or there, well, you know, yeah, there's going to be I mean, a, there's, there's going to be, be a lot of buses. You gotta, you know, knock it. Yeah, I think, I think the world, <laughs> the world, a world where um, people actually live like like the, I, I don't think you know the something like this you know gene therapy or like you know CRISPR gene editing and like I mean I'm sure they use CRISPR that it wasn't mentioned in the particular story I was watching today, but. Um, I think if you, uh, even with these sorts of practices, I think maybe it extends a human life maybe by, you know, uh, let's say like doubles human life or whatever. So you get closer to 200 than 100, right? Um, I don't think it necessarily means immortality because like you are made out of stuff and like stuff degrades, you know, mm-hmm. like it's... Well, you take in new stuff, things yeah. copy and replenish. And... Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. There are like those immortal jellyfish things. I, I mean, yeah. About that, but I um, think that it, I think there could be bi- ways within the realm. I'm not a biologist, but within the realm of n- not completely unfeasible biology, to extend the human life quite a bit. I would yeah. think. Uh, yeah, but, but I think, still, I think a world where humans. Um, I mean, I live I, to you know four hundred. Let's say. Um, you know, I think you, now we're cooking, you probably have like a, a different perspective on life, right? Like what's, what's a working age, you know, like what's a productive age for a person that can live to be 400, right? What does, what does retirement mean? Yeah. It probably isn't a thing. Yeah. I don't know. Like that, like, I don't know. There's, I mean, at that point, there's a theological question here too. There is. Yeah. And, And, and there's, there's also like some deep, like, um, questions about, you know, um, like, I don't know, do we become a sort of like Star Trek, the next generation style, like utopias, like planet (laughs) or like where nobody needs anything and everyone just pursues what 
fancies them the most, you know, or is there like, you know, is is there going to still be at that point, you know, the same level of corruption and, um, you know, moral bankruptcy that, uh, that exists today, you know, like does, does, uh, does technology like that and lifespan and, you know, presumably the wisdom that comes with that much more life experience beget anything or is it like business as usual we're just 400 years old and destroying the planet faster i mean hard to say you know hard to say (laughs) see that certainly i think responses to things like climate change would be different because the projections of those things currently go outside of i think there's probably a threshold of lifetime that people consider Mm -hmm. and like when they say like when 40 year old sees something and says that says in 50 years these areas will be in have not hospitable first when a mm-hmm. 18 20 year old hears that i think it probably hits pretty different when it's like that's going to happen in my lifetime versus yeah. it's not so yeah. i think there be i yeah. think there would be some immediate shifts I think there's going to be more people that would be willing to say volunteer to participate in the colonizing of other planets. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's for sure. There's plenty. Uh, Interesting. I think there's already a lot of people willing to do that. I don't know. I think, I think people, I think people say they're interested in it, but then like if they were actually asked to do it would be like, no, that sounds actually kind of shitty. I don't know. Like if there's a if there's like a nice beautiful planet, let's say Mars, and they like, nice. like wait, like, what do you mean by nice and beautiful? Like yeah, right. Well, I mean they'd have to you know make it beautiful. There's terraforming that's going to happen, right? Like uh, like I'm imagining not in our lifetime. Um, in this case, no, de- definitely not in our lifetime. Um, but like imagine you know the because I mean right now in our lifetime, all the travel to Mars is going to be two groups of people, specialized like you know, technicians of in whatever fields, like a bunch of different fields, right? Like astronauts, literal astronauts, you know. Um, but then also, you know, people who specialize in all the things that you need to create a society on Mars, right? Um, that might start happening in our lifetime. But at some point, you know, you're going to start, like, wanting to recruit, like, if the plan is to, like, to uh, the whole point of colonizing other planets is to dramatically increase the chance of the continuation of humanity, right? Um, You're going to want to get just, like, people to go and, like, create a society. Like, at a certain point, you're going to have, like, you're going to want, like, I I think that within our life, bakers, like, a police force makers uh yeah you know like these are like rudimentary stupid ideas that like are relevant to society now but like you know you're gonna need like some basic ass people like someone like just like a grunt worker who knows how hvac works you know like you don't necessarily need a phd student to do like rudimentary hvac work or whatever Um, i think that within our lifetimes that anyone that has an equivalent current u.s dollars like three hundred thousand maybe five hundred thousand dollars which is a lot of money mm-hmm. regardless of their what they can do we'll be able to go right that was going to be the second group that i brought up was oh you, know, you said two groups yeah the first group is technicians 
I lost the thread there for a second. But yeah, no, you brought it back. The second group is people with the money to be able to pay someone to take them there. <laughs> yeah, pay, yeah, I think that you're totally. I, my my prediction is pretty much the same. Yeah, I'm feeling kind of pessimistic at the moment about, um, like how likely we are to see any sort of permanent or semi-permanent settlement on Mars in our lifetime. Interesting. I don't know about you, but I'm planning to live to 450. (laughs) So... I think it's going to happen for sure. What are your thoughts? I'm curious. Can you elaborate on that, Joe? What do you think are the Uh, hurdles? uh, No one can get their shit together? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, like, like, what... Why? Why would we, like, like, are we talking like international space station style? Because the like, we look at just near Earth orbit where we are right now, and the international space station is the only thing we have that is at all regularly inhabited by humans, and it's like what a hundred miles. to the International Space Station, or, like, how, how how high is the International Space Station? I don't know. Well, but the distance, there's it's there's categorical differences in the tech and the organization that changes with the distance. And I think there's probably, like, and what else is closer and a better candidate than, than Mars? The moon, the, the moon is in many ways a much less good candidate for anything that's long-term sustaining. Why? Why do you say that? Because of one of the things that I know is problematic with the moon is like how sharp the dust is. Mm. Like it Mm -hmm. cuts stuff up in in a, it cuts stuff up a lot, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is basically reduces the material, the shelf life of everything. Also, um, 250 miles, by the way, ISS. Nice. Also, you said it cuts everything and also. Yeah, my understanding is that the makeup of what's so as as an example, there isn't there is much more of an atmosphere in Mars than on the moon. So long term there are terraforming plans. But the only like current terraforming technology takes quite a long time. Um, it's on the age of on the order of like they like basically intentionally polluting the atmosphere with things like carbon dioxide um, that's creating you know the greenhouse gas effect that is affecting our current planet um, that can be intentionally used to over the course of many I don't know what it's on the order of but I think it's on many hundreds of years um, why not just put a giant magnet in the center of it I don't know what you mean by that well, you'd still have to generate the atmosphere. Like you I mean, do, you have to do both. You have to yeah, stop the solar. The you have to, you have to stop the solar wind from blowing the atmosphere off, and you have to enrich the atmosphere. Enrich, yeah, increase the gas content in the atmosphere. Like yeah. the International Space Station is two hundred and fifty-four miles away. By the way, I already said that. Did you, you said 250 actually? So. <laughs> Ooh, see I missed you. I missed you saying that. I'm sorry. Because you were researching. 
The point stands, though. The point stands that Mars is a better candidate planet to build a better atmosphere on than the moon. Yeah, but right, Elon but Musk I mean, is gonna... you're talking about never say his name again. Um, <laughs> uh, but you're talking about he's going to continue like stealing hundreds, our fucking ideas. hundreds of years. Like that's not in our lifetime. Like obviously the next uh, it might possible... be Joe. <laughs> well, think about think about possible. the combination though. Like you also the, all the like the sharp dust for lack of a more technical understanding is going to degrade material on a much faster level i mean yeah you'd be able to get like like shipments the the main factor i feel like that makes the distance a big deal a bigger deal is shipments from from the earth um like receiving equipment and supplies to sort of keep things going why don't we just Um, build a really big ladder or a or a giant what we should do is we'll just build a giant tube between that stretches between Earth and Mars, and then we'll just school, we'll put a big fan in it. We'll blow some of our atmosphere to Mars. Well, yeah, he we who must not be named um, <laughs> makes his desired fleet of starships, large spacefaring vessels that can transport stuff to Mars. Who, by the way, thinks that he will be transporting people to mars by 2026 i think is what he i think yeah i think early transport ships are going to be soon i really do right but transport is very different from long-term like permanent residency i mean it's got something's got to happen first right and part of the plan is that a lot of those will be automated like there's going to be Things going back and forth, things landing, like a large part. So Mars is supposed to be a lot easier. You would probably know a lot more than, about this than me, Joe. It's supposed to be a, have a much smaller gravity well than Earth. Yeah, it's about a third. And thus much easier to launch spacecraft off. Of. Right. So like getting something back from Mars will be a much easier task in some ways, other than the obviously... Yeah. As of right now, there's much less infrastructure to help you launch a spacecraft off of Mars because there's nothing there. But All you need is oxygen and hydrogen, right? And I think that that there is some readily available – I think the stuff that they need to produce fuel – I don't know the details about this. might be methane? Is that possible? I'm pretty sure the fuel for those rockets is literally just oxygen and hydrogen. Yeah, but the Isn't industrial it? process for generating hydrogen is to basically – it's called proton exchange, and it spins uh-huh. the hydrogen atoms off of methane. Ooh. Cool. I think that there's methane available on Mars or, or the things that are necessary to relatively cheaply create it. It's something like that. So that there's already a plan of how things are going to be launched off. And basically, he who must not be named, <laughs> his plan is to create a basically a fleet that can go back and forth constantly and bring, you know, any company or anybody that wants a seat on the plane can, on the ship, will be able to use that transport system. Um, yeah. I do and, not really and, love the idea right. of a private company owning all of that. Right. That's I like mean, making but all you're that using happen. That, like you're using that transport system. Like the decision to go is a nine month to arrive decision. Okay, that's a, that's a like 
I mean, yeah, people have made that type of calculus. Not nine months. Like nine months is a long. Time. I don't know, dude. Like people spend how nine long months is... like like traveling, like just on Earth. Like if you like if you just had this like dispensable income to be able to like people don't spend, spend... nine months on airplanes, dude. Like imagine. Dude, I, I think if I had the money just to say and I had the time and I could just do it, like, I, I I I don't think it's that off the rails to be like, yeah, sure, I'll spend like nine months in a in a giant fart tube. You don't so, think that's a huge waste of time? <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, going to see Mars. Come on, being one of the first humans to go see Mars—that's a monumental, like right. Thing. And and to have the money is to to go to Mars on the backs of how many people while you sit around and look at the. What are you doing? What's your reasoning? For jerk going off to in Mars? zero gravity. Yeah, like you just like <laughs> even just paint going the ceiling. No, even just going facilitates that capability in the human in the human organism like yeah to to, to what end like i mean to uh, a poten- like i mean i think somebody with be- a broken leg fucking going skydiving it's like that's a bad idea dude it's gonna hurt no 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 it's like <laughs> it's like imagine humanity as a bacteria and the earth is our petri dish mm-hmm. it's like creating a little system that like launches us off of our petri dish into a neighboring what are they called auger plates or whatever mm-hmm. a neighboring sure. petri auger. dish yeah auger is the food whatever auger it, auger. it, it, it's it actually allows us to spread as an organism yeah. i mean we have to decide you say that like it's i'm also thing. i'm, I'm also yeah, like obsessed with space i love everything space and the idea of like going to mars sounds space sick force. to me and if the thing is that like i spend nine months going there like it like Pretend I could do something useful there. I don't know. I'm a horticulturist. Do they want to grow plants there? You could like, definitely be useful there. You would be so useful in Mars. Like, you know, I would have to brush up on some of the more technical stuff, but, you know, like, did... I think I could perform scientific experiments about, like, how the type of atmosphere impacts plant growth. I know how to do that. I can observe plants. Right, but I feel like all, you know, all agriculture on Mars for, like, is is gonna is be gonna be domed. what hydroponics be domed. domed oh sure well tell me like about growing indoors joe i don't know i don't know you tell me uh, yeah i mean that's what i did that's like what do you mean mm-hmm. this is my background buddy mm-hmm. so i'm saying like like if there's an opportunity to like spend nine months i mean even like in that case obviously not a waste of time spend nine months to get to Mars and spend some period of time there, some tour of duty or whatever, learn, take some notes about how plants grow and then fly back for nine months. Like fucking sick. But also like, I don't know, as a tourism thing, kind of sick. If you could just like pay the money just to be like, I went to Mars, like all those like stupid motherfuckers that pay shamans to like take them up to the top of Mount Everest, you know? Sure. But um <laughs> shamans yeah. i mean that's a different kind of up that was um, racist wasn't it no what okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> how did we end up on this topic um 
I'm fine with it. Because we're just talking about wasting time. Like, <laughs> can we talk about the theological aspect of it? Yeah. Yes. Which is that I think probably it matters a lot in terms of what you believe happens after death. Because, so say from like a reincarnation perspective, or, or from some theological perspectives there's a purpose for which like you want to build as much good karma as possible and also maybe expunge as much bad karma as possible and also maybe learn as much as possible about life to sort of get out of the cycle of rebirth that's basically my understanding of the buddhist perspective though i'm not mm-hmm. you know i am yeah. an outsider that is intrigued from yeah. Yeah, that what type is, of theology. Like, uh, there's um, uh, samsara, isn't that what it's? Yeah, I think yeah. that's sort or, of. Are we in samsara, and then nirvana is uh, is exiting the cycle of samsara, or whatever? I think so. I think that's. Uh, I don't know. Nirvana. I, I haven't. I don't know much about. I didn't come across nirvana that much in my brief forays yeah. into. In into. Buddhism, but yeah, I, not until David Grohl killed Yoko Ono. Then, uh, what? Oh, I'm sorry, I was just trying to think. Of, Is that a real know. thing? No. no. <laughs> I think David that's a conspiracy Grohl. theory that I heard once on like a as a joke, but. Whoa. <laughs> like I'm not even sure they were both alive start. at the same time. <laughs> Who was that person? I only heard David Grohl. David Grohl. Well, I was sort of going off on a tangent anyway, so you brought me back. But the <laughs> overall point is that under a framework like that, like what is important to spend time on changes quite a bit because you have this sort of limited amount of time to like each each time you're beamed onto the earth is my understanding is like you're trying to get figure out how to get out of the cycle. And also sort of hedge your bets for when the cycle repeats. So like building, if you're not building good karma or expunging bad karma or working towards release, I could imagine that being a, a pressure. Um, right. That, that's just imagined. Know, or, like, you know, in the Christian theology. Wasting time is, is bad karma in a way, like in that framework. Or at least not, like I could imagine in that framework, at least for me, that's sort of the way I think about things. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, am I not using my time on the earth well to understand yeah. whatever lesson this life has to offer me? Yeah. And if I'm not, am I wasting Am I wasting this time, this chance on the earth? Am I wasting it by not seeing what I, am, what I need to see to become a better being yeah i don't know like like what's what's important for you know what's important for you to experience personally right like what's what is it that an individual needs to know before they shuffle off this mortal coil like pretty sure it's that uh um uh david killed yolo (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's better. The Dave Grohl k- killed Yoko Ono. 
Yeah. Please bring Yolo everyone joy. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I don't know. Like it, it, it it's because yeah. And then there's like you know the other side of it is like of it, it, what have you contributed in this time, and in what way is that important, and yada yada. You know, um, in some ways, like you know the theological aspect of it is. Um, you know, uh, the uh, uh, I grew up in a Catholic family. I I am not Catholic, but my I, you know, but my parents think I am. But my parents think I am. No, my parents know exactly how not Catholic I am. Um, like I haven't. I don't know when I last went to church. Every time you go to church as a Catholic, they like, you know, if you have like five years in between, they like change the shit. So like you you like stand up at the wrong time or like say some stupid shit at the wrong time. Is it on purpose so they know who hasn't been coming? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's a directive oh, from the Didn't Pope. you get the memo, Satan? It's fucking, it's fucking <laughs> end with your spirit now, asshole. Fuck you. It's like they yeah. know how many years it's been based on what mistakes yeah. you make. Like, dude, like, oh that was five God. changes has... ago, you asshole. <laughs> he hasn't been to church for seven years. That monster. It's weird how story, like... we're so influenced by like the stories that we are told. I mean, I think about this in terms of media too, like the media we consume, I think really impact us particularly when we're younger, but even as, as adults. Yeah. Like in, we, we get a lot of our current, stories from tv right but i but maybe that's not you were talking about no that is like like but i i do think that there's like there's a deeper level to it where like tv is reflective of like longer to like it's not like interesting tv doesn't live in a vacuum like it what gets on TV is like a function of the dispersal of older stories a lot of the time. Right? Like it's, there's like a nostalgia or a recognition that is on TV. It's like, yeah, because it's like, it's related to its modern Modernity? I don't know what that word would be. To how sort of it's that it's modern in that it's like it's being consumed and also reacting to the people consuming it um, and changing as a result. So it's not like right, but also kind of like are you talking about psychedelics? No. Uh, How stories impact our lives, and then TV as stories. Oh, cool. Close enough. And how, like, TV, like, you know, it'll have the story of St. George all over the fucking place. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, obviously, St. George in this standing in for a whole collection of other formative depictions of human theory of mind and motivation. Mm-hmm. St. George was kind of an asshole if you think about it. Like, if he's, 
he's he's only going to save you if you let him baptize you. Like, I don't know if that's yeah. really a great story in favor of Christianity, you know? No, it's horrifying. Like, it's absolutely horrifying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got your back only if you become Christian. Like, that doesn't seem like, you know, the unconditional love of uh, others in humanity that, like, you know, Christianity really does stand for or should. And think about when you're trying to bring that theology to someone else. You're like, you're like I have to cleanse your mortal soul. There's only one God. <laughs> you know, it's like... Uh, all right, dude. Like that's kind of a lot. Like, uh, yes, please slay the dragon, but like, are you gonna help us out, or is this like a transaction? Like, yeah. But but the dragon. Uh, I guess. Do I need to sign yeah, blood? You gotta, you to gotta let him slay the grundle. You know. Well, is it is it was it a real dragon, or was it just like the was the meta was the dragon just a stand-in for? Um, uh, probably a king, honestly. Um, almost always it was in drugs. stories, dragons it was the are war kings. On drugs. It's the war on drugs. Uh, really, really, he was like, "Yeah, if you let me uh, end the war on drugs, I'll I'll slay your grundle." <laughs> <laughs> can I? Can that be? If I had a Twitter, that might be, just become might have just become the tagline of my bio. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, that type of language will get you kicked off Twitter these days. Yeah, Twitter's Twitter's it? a bad place. Parlor all the way. I'm all about parlor. I've right been now. loving Twitter recently. I just got into Twitter recently. Uh, I've been espousing some real fucked up shit on Parlor. Yeah, just like trying to confuse them, you know. I like I make a nice profile that makes it look like I'm uh, I'm a proud old boy or like a uh, uh, what do they call it those other guys that um, shit I can't remember them some the other keepers. racist people oath keepers that's right yeah, yeah you know like uh, uh, the sword in um, Game of Thrones um, I don't hmm. yeah I never really got into Game of Thrones yeah you don't I always felt kind of a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> It was. In the end, it kind of was. I mean, yeah. But, you know. But no one could have known that it was going to end like that. Mm. So I hear. Yeah, speaking of theology, I, I've got three, um, like, funeral cards on my desk right now. Uh-huh. Which is a weird thing. Do you want me to read them to you? Uh, I'm uh, just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> that's that's morbid. Uh, is everything okay? Did, you, did... Uh, three people have died. Damn, um, I'm sorry, man. It sucks. Well, it's not recent. Uh, well, one was kind of recent, I guess. One is a person who was like a father of my mother's friend. One was my great uncle, and one was my great grandfather who died in 1993. So, All right. I don't know why they're on my desk right now. Honestly, I think my wife was like cleaning up somewhere and like found them and was like these are people these are your people i don't why, why are these here you go <laughs> right it, yeah your little yeah those are it's a you know an a, an interesting tradition yeah it, it's it's an odd thing i mean like what what's commemorative about it it's like it feels bad throwing it out right yeah um, actually, the three I have are like laminated. Yeah, um, they often you know. are. So, I don't know. Like almost every time I put a suit on, I've got like multiple like Savers suit jackets, 
And almost any time I put any one of them on on any for any given occasion, there's like a funeral card in the pocket <laughs> from the last funeral that that suit jacket happened to go to. Yeah. I mean, and isn't that ultimately just a metaphor yeah. for life? Yeah. Have you guys been to a lot of funerals? No. That's a morbid question, but I'm curious because I've been to like a lot. I think I think I've been to more than the average person. I've been to maybe three or four. Oh, really? I think similarly, yeah. I think I've been to like upwards of two dozen. Funerals freak me out, actually. Catholicism for you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Most of them were probably Catholic. Yeah, I think most of them were Catholic people. Yeah, they had a lot of children. Hmm. At funerals, there's a lot of things that sound like they would be binding spells for a soul to a otherworldly being, mm-hmm. and it freaks me out. Yeah, I know that sounds really ridiculous, but it honestly like really fucks with my grieving process because I'm like, oh my god, this person's soul is not safe. <laughs> it's been chained to this being, and the priests will be up there and they'll be talking about like the chains of love will like. Yeah. Think they'll be talking about the the immortal soul being forever with this other being, and and everyone will be praying for the person that they loved, like all. And I imagine all that love as like a this powerful force that's like mm-hmm. binding the soul to this. I don't know anything about this creature it's, it's being some, binded like, to, up but ritual it's that's just like binding it to some kind of eldritch horror that we don't. All yeah, don't exactly. About. And like yeah. the stories of the <laughs> God and the Bible and the, and and all of the monotheistic like theologies of the earth are often quite violent like it doesn't yeah. seem like this malevolent being it's i mean yeah. it seems like a I mean, malevolent have, being you know have you heard it's descriptions like, of like biblically accurate angels they're just like like crazy looking like multiple eyed like wild creatures yeah exactly like like <laughs> i believe like i i read i see some of those stories and i'm like i i believe that there is a, a power that is more like i i can totally imagine there being some beings in the wide universe that are much powerful and have visited this planet or who knows like Uh, using the language you're using it's really hard for me not to think of like the forgotten realms like gods and stuff (laughs) like yeah exactly (laughs) like uh like imagine like like something like uh uh like are you familiar with like orcus like the the god of death or the uh the it's a bad god it's he's like a yeah you know some kind of like terrible uh creature that sows like dissent and uh chaos throughout the world um, orcus is, in, is this orcus features in it no this is dungeons and dragons orcus uh, though features in a modern tv show called happy that is a horrifying, hilarious, oh, really? <laughs> brutal comedy. Nice. But like imagine like Orcus at like the peak of like of success, right? Is when all these like the amount of souls that like Christianity devotes to like a single god and like binds them to it. <laughs> like that's the peak of success. Orcus like it could be Orcus up there, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, and saying devouring this, like, souls, man, such a fucking heretic were for monotheistic religions, but they freak me out. <laughs> like, oh my god, I literally when I, the funerals I've been to, I have like tried to, in some desperate, because they're people that I love, and I, I try in some sort of desperation to like, 
use my like imagine this the chain that's being formed by those people and slashing it to try to like <laughs> cast some fucking hippie spell to free the souls of the people <laughs> I love. <laughs> okay. I'm a, makes me feel like a crazy person. So did you did your did you grow up in a family that was like religious, generally speaking, or? No, uh, my parents are pretty atheist. I think. I think. I don't actually know that much about their theological musings or their. I shouldn't say it like that. Their intense beliefs about the afterlife. It's more <laughs> realistic. Uh, but I know that my dad was raised really Catholic. My mom not so much. And they had us, me and my brother, go to a Unitarian Universalist church. Oh, I remember um, that. Yeah. Oh, my mom was actually raised. Her mom is also an atheist. So, but she felt like she had missed out on some of the sort of like social and uh, informative aspects. Like, they she wanted us to know about religions and have like some of the social stuff surrounding it, but not without the religious piece. So Unitarian Universalist is good for that. They basically mm-hmm. have tenets of like, all are welcome. Mm-hmm. But then they're like. So it's like really a White summer liberals. camp organization yeah. racket. Kind of, yeah. Like like most churches. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen the uh, documentary uh, Jesus Camp? No. Maybe? Mm-mm. Oh, it's something else. I think I was going to watch it. I think it's worth a watch. It's kind of wild. It's basically just like surrounded surrounding this particular camp and like, you know, the children being taught how to like speak in tongues, you know, even though like it's, it's probably totally an act. It's a Um, meditative process. Yeah. Speaking in tongues and Harry Potter's the devil and et cetera. Yeah. It's all checks out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that might be a waste of time. I was just Uh, imagining too, some of the sort of like Protestant, the the rituals i wonder sometimes i know they seem like a waste of time to to other people not part of any given religion sometimes right but i mean you know it's really hard to account for what like what causes you to be happy <laughs> Like what (laughs) actions that you take in your life are the ones that are conducive to your prosperity and happiness. Like I find that like very difficult to define personally. Like maybe that's a, maybe that's my own neuroses that I need to to work through. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it, that that's I keep coming back to it because it's what makes it so difficult. I think for me to define what a waste of time is, because like, do you, if you enjoy it, and like, what is quote unquote worth enjoying, and like, how do you calculate those diminishing returns that we were talking about with over you, like over engaging in particular types of activities, you know? Mm-hmm. If something, I know that something can feel like a waste of time when you work towards something don't learn anything in the process and that thing does not get done like say you find like a bunch of 
tied up string and you want to try to untie the knot and like put a bunch of time into it you haven't really learned much in that process uh and, but but you don't untie it and then it's like that kind of felt felt like wasted time like i if especially if it wasn't an enjoyable thing and i wonder if in some sort of horror i maybe shouldn't say this but in some sort of horrifying way that for some theologies there's things like that too things that are super not enjoyable but that people do because they think that it'll improve whatever their version of the afterlife is and then if that never comes it feels a little bit like having spent a bunch of time trying to untie the untie this knot that almost didn't even exist like yeah is that waste of time I mean, I don't know. Productivity is something that is like super tied into theology. Like, obviously, we've as we've discussed ad nauseum, but like um, in a lot of ways, the uh, especially Catholicism um, has been used by people in power over for many years as like literally a way of um, using moral and um, divine like pressure to. It'll boys. Sorry. <laughs> that too um but to to uh to maintain productivity within a population right like um literally uh you know like sloth is a sin right you know uh not being productive is negatively viewed is viewed negatively uh in the eyes of god right so all you serfs need to till the land and work hard and you get to rest on Sunday and make sure you clean up and look good for church, but get back to the grindstone on Monday and, you know, produce that taxable income for the, um, ruling elite. Right. That's like, you know, uh, maybe part of my idea of what wasted time is and why I think so much about it is like some embedded Catholic guilt that's related to that sort of, you know, um, elite, like ruling class, uh, shame that's just been trickled down to the working class. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, cause I certainly experience Catholic guilt like all the time. I, I've, I've learned what that term means intimately. <laughs> what does it mean? Um, Catholic guilt, um, I mean, the same sort of thing has been applied to a bunch of different, uh, uh, racial and ethnic and, um, religious groups. Um, this like sort of guilt that's embedded in you of like, um, I can only speak from my own experience, but there's like a trope of like Catholic mothers having an expectation of something from their kids right like there's like that that whole aspect of it um and there's also the expectation of like the church on you of like um don't abandon your family don't abandon the church don't like behave in a way that is not um um moving or 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 benefiting that system right like mm. You better visit your mom on Sundays. Call her once in a while, you know? Um, those are good things. I th feel th like. Those are good things, but it's like, you know, the sort of um, ingrained guilt of like, 
you know, it's internalized. It's like the and the idea of like the Catholic guilt thing is that's like internalized in like certain um, generations of like you don't even need outside input to like feel bad about what you're doing, right? Because you feel bad that you're already not um, like. Your mom didn't call you and tell you to fucking come over, but you feel bad that you didn't. Right. You know, it's like that sort of thing. Should we get, should we start closing? Should we um, yeah. do our closing uh, statements? Yeah, I think we should, yeah. Who wants All to right. start? I'll start. I have. Or Tyler, you go, you go. No, you go first. All right. Wealth is measured by how far away you live from the waste that you generate. Interesting. All right, I'll go next. Uh Dogma is a pretty cool movie that I watched recently, and is yeah, that's all I'll say. I I, I really uh, love uh, Kevin Smith. Are we there? Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Paul Blart mall cop guy. No, the the guy who the, directed and acted in Dogma. The uh, Silent the, Bob, the, the guy who is in the 